From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host, Paddy Danda, and on today's episode, I have a fellow Brummy, or he's an adopted fellow Brummy, and he is a former founder and managing director of the Alan Sharman Agency that specialise in TV and film, and that's stills and videos, as well as hands, apparently, as well. So I can't wait to talk to him more about some of these interesting aspects of his agency. And I'd love to welcome to the show, Alan Sharman. Welcome. Oh, hi, Paddy. Thank you very much. This is really great of you to invite me to be involved in this. Looking forward to our chat. This is an area for me that I have no idea about. Like when someone talks about modeling and TV and stills, etc., I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm really curious to learn more about this industry. And I think Normally, I ask our guests for their superpower that they'd like to bring to the episode. And I think for me, just lifting the lid on this whole industry is going to be really interesting for me personally. And I'm sure many others out there will find that equally as interesting. So, Alan, before we jump into exactly what you did at the agency, could you tell us your journey of how you got into this whole world? Well, my journey is quite being in the right place at the right time scenario, really. I was working in the creative industry. I was a hairdresser and my cousin was a model who had become a model because he was going out with one of the Miss England competitors. And she was in her agency one day and my cousin was with her and they were like, oh God, you look great. Let's get you signed up. So he was a prison officer. So he started modeling. And then he was said to me, Alan, you've got to get involved in this. This is great. So he pointed me in the right direction. I went to see his agent. They were like, yeah, let's give it a go. And that's generally how it happened for me, really. Oh, wow. So you literally had no idea about this industry and you just got roped in by your cousin. Yeah, and one day absolutely you right. Yeah. It was, I think with being in a creative side anyway, the hairdressing side of things was always about fashion and looks. So it did have a slightly natural interest to me anyway. I thought you were going to give me a story of when you were a young lad and you had always aspired and dreamt of being up on that stage and in front of those bright lights and being photographed but that doesn't sound like it's... No, I had a bit of drama at school and always enjoyed that and I think that really was more a case of the fun of that. Being on the stage bit was always the scary bit, mm. but the joining of the rehearsals and being with a group of people and having fun, that was the attraction, I think, really, being with like-minded people in that way. Because I, I do like to get myself out there. I do like socialising and mixing. And I think that's one of the areas that this industry really is great with because... It's all about networking, meeting people. You never know what's going to happen from one day to the next. No day is the same. The theme's the same, but anything can happen. And also as being an agent and having one of the, your models or actor 
land a campaign and then you see that campaign go big and grow is always incredible. It's just as good for us emotionally. It's good for us as it is for them. So that's always a wonderful experience. Yeah, I was going to say we met at the Creative Industry Awards and we were sat on the same table just a few months ago. And I remember seeing some of the other sort of modeling agencies that were there who were up for nominations. The roof just was exploding. It was just so noisy. They were just so happy and cheering on their models every time they got mentioned. It just felt like a really special environment where everybody's there as a family yeah. almost. Yeah, it's very supportive. Yeah. I mean, obviously there are darker sides of the industry, but that generally, if that starts to come in with somebody, it very quickly gets dismissed because people don't want that negativity around them. It's a tough industry to be in. You've got to be able to take rejection and it's never a personal rejection. You can never look at it. It's, it is actually something about you. It has, you have to take it on the chin. You really do. Yeah. And so, Alan, I've got to ask you, just before we kicked off, you were telling me a story of how you had to model your hands in one particular instance. So could you tell us that story? So again, the agent I was with at the time was very productive and she noticed that I had really nice hands. I guess it's because I'd never really done any heavy manual work being a hairdresser. And I didn't particularly look after them, but she said, yeah, you've got good hand shape. Let's get you booked in for a manicure. And I'm like, oh, hold on a minute, manicure. So I took her judgment and I went and had a manicure and then I had some professional pictures taken. And that journey for me was incredible. I got to do all sorts of different hands, memorably, as I said to you, Paddy, was Wrigley Spearmint Gum. I was the guy's hands in that TV commercial because he had really awful hands. And that time in the 80s, you needed to have an equity card, so I couldn't be the featured artist, but they could use me for the hand section. So that was me. I'm just still getting my head around that, Alan. I mean, okay, how do you know someone's got good hands? Like, I, I think all hands look very similar, but like, is there a certain shape yeah, that they look for? There, there is. Proportionally, your fingers length should run quite slender and naturally for a guy. Not chunky hands can work as well, but as long as your cuticle and your nail nib is nicely balanced and proportional at the end of your finger and you've got a good um, finger to nail girth at the top and it's shaped nicely. I know that sounds really strange, but God, can you give that, me a rating? Those of us, the listeners that are watching this on YouTube, will probably be able to see my hand up. You, your finger length to called. your knuckle is good, and the finger length. Your hands are not too bad, actually. Your knuckles are a little bit, dare I say, wrinkly. Sorry, oh, no. You've obviously been doing some manual work over time, so that smoothness there is important. But your nail girth is quite tight there. If it was a bit bigger. You'd right. have a bit more of a balance. I know that sounds really weird. And criticizing someone's hands. It's, it's... Oh, no. Well, thanks for letting me know because I could have had aspirations to be in the gummy bears. But and now, the... and now things have changed. The casting directors now don't always want perfection because I'm talking about the 80s here where everything was clean. It had to be perfect. There was no photoshopping. There was no filters or anything like that. So... If you turned up for a job, you had to look like your job. 
And that was the best. They just couldn't change them. Whereas now things have become more real. To be a model now doesn't mean we're talking high fashion, runway, working for all the top designers. To work as a commercial advertising model now, you just need to be well-presented, professional. It's all really about how you operate as an individual. Looks are important, but they're not 100% because there's a market for everything now because we're in a different world. We're a lot more used to seeing people that look like you look, which is great because it's more realistic. But to be a model is really more about how you are as a person, how professional you are, turning up on time, looking after yourselves, just being respectful of people working around you and just being a good business. That's great to hear. So I think my career in modeling hands might still be alive. Absolutely. So, yeah. There's gardening products. In reality, if I, if you look back through some of the images that I did in the eighties, I was, did some, for Helfords, I did some car accessories and my hands were pristine. Now, someone cleaning their car on a Sunday morning does not have manicured hands holding a chamois cloth or a sponge. So that if you saw that in an advert today, you go, what's that about? You know, that person's never washed a car in their life. So they want something that looks like the user of the product. And yeah. that not just goes across hands, that's other products as well. Makeup, hair products, domestic products as well. So, you know, it's important that, as I say, it's more about how you are as a business. If you're easy to work with, your agent will get you out there as much as they can. I mean, obviously they can never promise you loads of work, but if you bring to the table a good working, a work ethic, then something's going to happen. Ah, oh, fascinating. So, hey, Halfords or Spearmint Gum, if you need anyone, I'm available. Exactly. Yeah. Could you? <laughs> need an agent though, Alan, so we'll have to work on that bit. But look, these hands were made for... Bug wipes. Stop. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. So, and on a serious note, if somebody out there fancies themselves as a model and they feel that, hey, you know what? This is something that I would like to do seriously because I've got some amazing selfies and people have given them lots of feedback and they have a passion for this. What do people do? How do they get into becoming a model? Because I have this impression that you one day get discovered by an agent when you're walking the street because you hear all these stories about, oh, how... That does happen. Yeah, these famous models were tapped on the shoulder and they were given a card by an agent. But I guess in reality, there's lots of avenues that people can follow. So could you share, like, what are some of those pathways for people to follow? The first thing I'd say is to be realistic. Understand what your expectations are going to be. If you think it's just a case of having really nice pictures taken and you're going to earn lots of money without any effort, you're, you're on the wrong mindset straight away. It's hard. It's competitive. With social media now, it's far more saturated than it was. So you have to stand out. So personality is key. You need to be able to take rejection as you do in any job. You go for an interview, you get rejected. It's the same thing. You can't take it on a personal level. You just have to think that wasn't right for me at this time. 
But the best thing to do is research. That's the way forward. Instagram, social media, it's so easy to find things on there. Now, there are loads of scammers which will contact you and say, wow, you've got a great look. Come and have a photo shoot with us. You give them a £50 deposit. You go and have pictures taken. Pictures are just marketed to sell to you. They do the hard sell. They try and get thousands of pounds out of you for a direct debit. That is completely not the way forward. You research maybe locally to you. Try the bigger cities, I would say, because every model doesn't live in the town of the agency they're with. Once you find one reputable agency, you will start to meet other models who are with other agents. You're on jobs together. You talk, you chat, you find your path. Some agencies will be great for somebody, not so good for somebody else. So again, it's not about you. But the first thing is, do not have any professional pictures or pay for any pictures until you have an agent. An agent will not charge you any money to join, no registration fees, no online fees, nothing. If they're interested in you, just by you applying most of the time Reputable agencies will have application forms on their websites. You fill out an application on there, attach pictures that are not filtered. You're not wearing sunglasses. It's not the back of your head. Trust me, people do send pictures of the back of their heads. I don't know why. Certainly not any undressed pictures. People think they have to say. Make sure that you're wearing just a nice, fitted t-shirts so your shape can be seen and again trousers for girls and guys anything just showing your shape do a nice straightforward close-in headshot girls the less makeup the better so you can actually see the raw you of what a stylist or a casting director will see that and then they know how they can create you into the look that they want they don't expect you to create the look on a job you will go on a job and the stylist, the hair and makeup, production, they will create how they want you to look. So just be you. Be honest with your sizing because obviously you have to put sizes on when you apply. Height, be honest with your height. Again, height is not an issue like it used to be in the 80s. Girls had to be 5'8 five, five, plus. Guys had to be 5'10, five, 5'11 five, plus. Again, that it's not relevant these days. It's all about portion and how you look. Just be you. And the more an agent can see you being you, the more chances are they might be interested and think, yeah, we'll have a chat with that person. That will either be a phone call or a Zoom call or a face-to-face -face meeting. Again, at that point, you are not signed to that agent. Just because they're going to see you does not mean that that's it. Your journey's over. Your journey is only just starting at that point. So you'd have this meeting, you'll find out about the agent, they'll share the information regarding how it works because you are self-employed when you become a model. You're not employed by them, so you become your own business. So obviously there are tax and national insurance implications that you need to be aware of. The agency will take a commission of any work they get you. That's how they make their money. So I go back to earlier, if they're taking money from you, charging money off you, then that means they're probably not going to get any work because they're making money by just 
your dream. So avoid that. You make the application, you'll meet them. And then if they want to move forward, they will advise you on what area they feel that you might be good for. So that could be commercial lifestyle modeling, which is basically everything you see throughout media today on TV. You've got the young girl or the older couple sitting on the sofa. That's commercial lifestyle. Fashion modeling, obviously, that's a completely different market altogether. And unless you hit the big time, pays the less. So commercial modeling is really the one that can give you a full-time job in a career. So you've met them, they'll advise you. They might even say at that point, oh, you've got really good feet or you've got really good hands, something you may not have considered. But they will see that in you. They, and you say to them, oh, my hands any good? And they'll be honest with you. Brutal, but honest. So there's no point wasting your time. Just get work on your points that are good and that they know that they can, can get you work on. Confidence is great, but not pushy. It's good to be self-confident, but there's, again, there's a level of how that should be, but you'll get a vibe from the agent when you meet them and you'll make that assessment yourself. But all I would say is just be pulled back when an agent wants to see you. Don't get all excited and become fuzzy. You need to have, that's the point. You need the clearer head to get your, pause there, have a clearer head to understand what you want and to find out what they want from you as well. Because remember, you're going to be working with them and that rapport needs to be good. If you've got no rapport with your agent and your booker, then you're not going anywhere really. Because if you can't work together, then that's just not going to happen. And sometimes your agent will say things to you that you don't necessarily want to hear. It's not they're being nasty to you. They're saying, look, if you do this or don't do that, this is going to help. I can see that we need to work on this area a bit. And they will help and advise. Again, send you to the right photographers. Some agencies do have test photographers that they work with who work on a regular basis for the agency, just doing tests of new faces. Again, you could have some pictures taken. That still doesn't mean you're going to get signed until you sign that agreement with an agent that you're going to work with them, then nothing's guaranteed really. Wow. There's a lot of chance and luck involved, I'm guessing. There is, unfortunately. Like in terms of your agency that you ran and founded, how many models would you have on your books at one time? Just as an approximate number. Probably 300 or so models, a hundred and so actors. And then obviously we've got the children that we represent. We don't recruit, he- well, sorry, I should say we didn't. I didn't because I'm no longer there. Recruit heavily with the children. I'm sure that will continue because it's more important to keep the children working because they get disappointed most of it. So it's like nice to make sure that they at least get something throughout their time, time with you. Obviously, hair and makeup artists, creators, food stylists, presenters, voiceovers. So, you know, a whole diverse of areas we covered. I mean, obviously they're not all working at the same time and there's never any guarantees that you're going to work. I think you have to realistically give it a year to 18 months on probably a part-time basis to see if you can build a client base. Because the trick is once you get a job, you work with a team of people, hopefully they love you and you get on with them and the job goes really well, normally does, and they'll remember you. 
and they'll say, oh yeah, so-and-so, they've got this new job coming He or she was really great. Let's pull them in. Let's do a casting with them for this one. The client might really like. So again, it's all about how you present yourself. You make the work yourself, really. Your agent is there to protect you, to make sure that your image rights are being paid for, that the images are being used in the right place at the right time of things, what they've agreed to say. This is a social media campaign. It's going to run for three months. They will pay you that against a billboard campaign that might be running for two years. Obviously, they all pay different rates to the model. So the agent will negotiate with the client on those rights for, on your behalf. Obviously, they're looking after the client as well because they need the client. So it's a team effort to get everybody happy with what's being offered. Hi, folks. Sorry for the quick interruption. But before we continue with this awesome episode, I have a huge favor to ask. If you're enjoying these conversations and you're finding it's giving you value in your daily challenges, then I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave a short review and subscribe to whichever platform you're either watching or listening to this episode on. That's it. Let's get back into the episode. With so many models on your books, you're going to get some that are disappointed. But the ones that were successful, can you give us any examples of some of the ones that hit it big for you in terms of your agency? And could you just tell us a little bit about how high they got? Yeah, I think one of the most memorable stories I can share with you, Paddy, is a, a model who applied to join us. He had a great look. We asked him to come in and see us. The intercom rang for his appointment. I remember this so well. The inter- and he didn't answer that. So we just said, okay, come on up. I opened the door and he stood there and he signed to me and spoke and he was deaf. So in he comes, we have a fantastic meeting with him. Such a nice guy. And we encouraged him to, yes, continue process and fast fast forward two and a half years he ended up working for kenneth cole the designer in new york and was on billboards in times square whoa mad absolutely mad and he's still modeling now he's he's an absolute dream to work with and every client that's worked with him his his hearing has never been a problem because He's just so intense when he looks at you and he take he can take every direction. He's just fantastic. Oh, what a lovely story. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And now he's engaged to a makeup artist. So, yeah, oh, which is pretty. great. There's, there's, a, there's definitely a bonus in that, isn't there? You can yeah. up in the morning and, and you'll be guaranteed a good look, right? <laughs> yeah. And the other thing as well is with the agency that we, that I had, if, we get a model to a certain level, they move on to a different model agency because we can only offer so much to them. So we, we're we always sad to see them go, but we're always excited to see what their new agent can bring to the table and just see how mad it goes for them. And we're still part of that because we had a part in that journey. So that's still fantastic. But it, it is great when you, they say, oh, yeah, looks like I'm going to get signed by 
such and such or a, a big New York agency and off they go. Yeah. We've got the same happen for a girl that used to be with us. She, yeah, landed a great contract. She now lives in America. She's married to a American footballer. She's got a child and it's out there. She's a big influencer now. And it's, yeah, we know her. So it's great. You mentioned briefly about the current environment that we live in, which is a social media driven. It's a very different world we live in now than perhaps when you were doing your hands modeling. Now, I'm sure you did some of the modeling as well, but back yes. then. Well, it, well I, no, hands was great because I, I didn't have to worry about how the rest of me looked. It was, so they were the good days. And so, I mean, I guess what you're seeing now, is that disappointing or do you think that things are going in the right direction? And is there anything that you would like to see change? I think it's not better. It's just different. I think the danger is it's easier to get caught out now or to become trapped or misled. Whereas before you only had communication with you, your agent via telephone or in person, whereas now direct messaging, emails, the process can look so convincing that it's just dangerous. That's the thing that worries me. It's very easy to get caught out. It's faster pace. Things are a lot quicker. I think the one thing that has made the industry better is as a model, you may have to go to four or five castings a day, which meant dragging yourself around to see different people, getting there and stuff and the cost of the transport. Whereas now clients, if they're interested in somebody or some people, they will get them to do self tapes first and which the models can do at home. They'll then possibly do a Zoom meeting with them if they get shortlisted for a role. So that process is better. So the models now can quite easily get six or seven briefs come in for different jobs. They can spend one one free afternoon, they're not working, to do all the different showreels and just transfer them all over to their agent and it's out there and they're at home having a cup of tea. And... If somebody wanted to get an advantage above some of the other people out there, what are some of the things that people could do? Because I'm thinking, what if somebody did become an influencer on social media? Would that be a plus point? Would that get them ahead of other people in any way? Or does not, that not matter? Not necessarily, because you've got to put your head on as if you were the client. So say you've got your product, which is a beauty product, and you want to use the face of that product. You don't really want them to be talking about your competitors' products in a better light than yours. So yeah, influencers, I know influencers say they model as well, but it's just a different, it's a different area, really. Got it. Oh, that could really backfire, couldn't it? If I Good. started yeah. banging on You have about... to be careful who you work for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably a lesson that I guess as you're growing up, you're not really told about unless you fall into that trap and then later on it bites yeah. you, right? So that's well, you, really you could lose a job because you work for a client. You work from what, say for one home builder, another home builder might not want to use you. So 
They tend to do. They have a time period of campaigns anyway, and they do need no models. But some clients will pay a fee for a model not to work for any other client for a number of years. So that can be quite lucrative. And so I know you've sold up the agency now and have, you're, yeah. you're probably going to go to a desert island and live happily ever after. But I, I guess what was your decision making there? Why did you come out of the industry? Well, Natalie, who's taken over the agency to work for me for 12 years, she's helped that agency grow to where it has really. And I've, obviously I've enjoyed my time there. I'm getting older. It's faster pace, if I'm honest, and I need to I'm not old, but I feel like I am slower. Technology is taking over a bit too much. So it's her time to move and do. She's so passionate and she so gets the new ways and what have you. So yeah, it's, uh, it's time for me to just, yeah, sit and have a cup of tea and watch it all from the sidelines read. Cause I'm still going to see what happens because of social media. I mean, I'll be following all the models, journey, the agency, see what they're up to. And, getting their newsletter and seeing what exciting jobs they've done. So yeah, I still get the benefits of being around the industry, but just not having to do it and wearing myself out. But yes. also it's my time for the last, well, 30 odd years, I've been looking after everybody else's lives in a way because they rely on me getting them work. So I've been. They've been like all my children in a way. You want all your kids to do well and be successful and get out there and earn as much as they can and enjoy life as much. So I'm just a bit exhausted. It's my turn now really to go. And I've got a list of all these amazing locations that we've sent people to. So I've got a good diary of places I can go and visit and see. Was that the secret plan all along? Eh? I don't know. No, I, I, don't, to this stage. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know really because you get the call sheet from the client and it would, there'd be a storyboard of what they were doing and the location details and stuff. And just some of the places that they've been to are just incredible. I mean, the houses that they get to go to and film Hoover commercials in or sofa commercials and things like that is just incredible. I mean, they have a fantastic, I mean, they really work. It is, it is glamorous, but. They are working. It is a job. They're not just swatting up and they're not doing anything. It's a commitment. Yeah, I can do all that now. I was going to say, I'm Hopefully. really good at vacuuming, by the way, if any Latin companies yes. need an Indian guy. Well, yeah. I'm there for that. I mean, that that's great, Bob. The way things have changed over the years has been great. I can be proud to say that I felt as an agent when I used to work for the other company before I set on my own. I encouraged the first mixed heritage family and that worked out really well. So I'm proud to say that's one of the things I did. Uh, it's amazing because I actually, that reminds me, I saw a model recently who was a turbaned guy. Yeah, and great. He was on the front billboards of a really big brand. I'd, I can't remember who it was now. And I was just blown away because as a, kid growing up, seeing turban people who are, I guess, part of my crew, right? So I'm, I'm a Sikh by religion and my dad has a turban and I would never have ever thought I'd see the day where I see a turban person on the, as the brand face of a really big name. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. Design aware labels. What is interesting though, it, it has taken a while from for people like, you know, yourself to, to apply to model agencies. Cause I don't know if it's just the thing or they're not going to be needed. They really are. And sometimes we've really struggled to cast some of the jobs because 
people just don't come forward and they don't realize. So if anything, mm-hmm. we can spread the word, get yourself applying to agencies, then the more, the better, really. Yeah, I was just Googling it as you were talking there. So there was that model. But then the more recent one I saw, Burberry had the first ever Sikh model. He was a four-year-old lad. And again, we had a little top knot. That was just so cute to see that because, again, just showing that diversity in in modeling was was brilliant. But that's real life, isn't it? That's the world we live in. Like I said to you earlier, Photoshopping was in the, no Photoshopping, anything like that in the 80s. You had to be as you were. You couldn't turn up with a spot, whereas now they do, people are realizing that, yes, they do need to see themselves in campaigns and they can put themselves forward. I mean, another story we've got is that two, two kids that we had, two Indian kids, they were great. And mum and dad, good looking people. And I said to them one day, come on, guys, so why don't you go and get some family pictures done? And like, Us? Yes. Do. Well, they did. And then over the course of three years, they did really well and took the kids to Disneyland with all the money that they made. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's a great story as well, isn't it, really? Yeah, fantastic. So final question, Alan, if somebody is thinking about a career as a model, then where could they start in terms of their journey? So you mentioned there are good agencies, not so good agencies. Is there a place that you would recommend they go to to check out the good agencies? Yeah, any resources that you can recommend? Well, there is only really the internet. Word of mouth, good. Look at reviews. Go through agency social media, see what they're posting, what comments they're getting, how many likes they're getting. Just because they're getting 10, 20,000 likes doesn't mean they haven't paid for those followers. So again, you can see through that. More realistically, they're only getting like 30, 40. It's probably more genuine because that's more the follow through, isn't it? The agency, if there's no phone number for an eight on their website, there's no phone number. It's only via email. That would ring alarm bells to me because the industry is all about talking. Clients phone, you know, they'll email, but clients talk, agents talk to clients all the time about things because you can't always put it down on an email. So if they've not got a phone number, avoid. Anybody that wants you to have a 50 pounds photos session done, avoid. It's a scam. Just feel, put your feelers out. I mean, the word of mouth is the best. If you're in your field, if you start talking about thinking of doing some modeling, someone will come out of the woodwork. Oh yeah, I went to this agency or I, oh yeah, I went to them. They were really awful. They, this happened. And. I think that's the way. And just keep a clear head. Don't get too excited if someone says yes. You only get excited when you're on your first job, someone's booked you on a job, and they're going to pay you to do some work. That's when you should get excited. Just hold it all back. And just be clear what you want to do, I think. But just, yeah, communicate with the agency that you're trying to get hold of, really. Oh, brilliant. Well, Alan, it's been a pleasure getting to know all about your journey and a little bit of it. Yeah. Well, I love the stories you shared and it's given me some things to ponder over as well. Now I'm only joking. I'm beyond. Hey, Paddy, never say never. Honestly, (laughs) never say never. Really. We've had all sorts of things happen where we've, the briefs come in and we've remembered a parent from one of the kids that we've got thinking, God, that if they'll send a screen, because they'll, 
the clients will say, oh, we're looking for this kind of look and they'll do screen grabs and what have you. And sometimes you look at someone, God, that looks like mom, let's give them a ring. So, and then they've ended up doing it. So it's just casting, really. That's what an agent does. It casts the right person or what the client thinks they want. Good job. It's been a pleasure, Alan. Thank you so much. And uh, very welcome, Paddy. Yeah. And please do keep in touch because I'd love for us to continue the conversation. And hey, you never know, you might even dabble back in the industry. So that would be. Oh, I know. I'm I'm happy sitting where I am now. (laughs) Oh, good stuff. I look at, I look forward to seeing you on the billboards, Paddy, on the A30. Please, just that. Well, I won't recognize your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Could be anybody. Don't worry, I'll be telling you if they're my hands. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you see the latest Burberry advert? That was me. Yeah. yeah. There you go. It happens. There you have it, folks. It's the end of another insightful episode. And as always, thank you so much for sticking around to listen to this episode and for helping support me and encouraging me to create more content for you guys. If you'd like to get in touch with me directly, you'll find my email address in the show notes or equally head over to the website and click on the contact link. And I promise I will respond to every single message I receive. I'm always looking for your feedback. So if you'd like me to change things up or improve things, I would love your opinions. If there are topics that you would like us to do future episodes on, or there are other great speakers that you are aware of, then please do mention them and uh, we'll see if we can make it happen. Thank you once again. 